0: welcome back to another q a questions and alcohol and as i always like to joke i have the questions they have the alcohol or at least what's related to alcohol and uh, we're definitely talking alcohol today with 15 stars bourbon but before we welcome in rick and ricky johnson uh don't forget to follow us on social media at hop spirits all one word on instagram facebook tiktok twitter or else on youtube and at hopspirits.com where you can check out our taste test and our other uh podcast our bar conversations where we talk uh all things alcohol and a little bit of music as well so you don't want to miss any of that but we're here on the q a with the guys from 15 stars bourbon rick ricky johnson welcome in thank you thank you looking forward to it yeah well i i appreciate you all you know hopping on you guys are, are pretty much brand new to the bourbon world with the the 15 stars brand and uh for for those wondering if you're watching like most are here here's my my little bottle that i got to try the the other night but before, I guess, I get to talking about the bourbon, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, since you guys are so kind of new to, to the game, so to speak? Sure, we're really new.
1: Um, we just released <laughs> uh, our first bottle in April, 1st of April, so uh, doing good. Special bottle. We're really happy with it, um, but uh, Ricky can tell you how we kind of got involved in this, uh, but, uh, but we're, uh, we're from uh, uh, Columbus, Indiana. Uh, and I have a home in Louisville, Kentucky, and also St. Pete, Florida. But uh, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, is the home of bourbon, right? So, uh, so that's where our focus is today. But uh, I've been involved in a lot of different businesses uh, that uh, I've enjoyed, and you know, none of them as fun as bourbon. I can say <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, but a lot of interesting uh, business experience, and then uh, you know, I'm an outdoorsman, gardener, uh, you know, and uh, uh, family guy. So.
2: Yeah. So, um, for me, I don't have as much, uh, real world experience as my dad. I, uh, I like how, how he was
0: very uh, cautious on that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I just graduated, uh, from college with a degree in marketing and entrepreneurship last May. So, uh, but I've been working on this project, uh, during college, uh, throughout school year and summers, but, uh, yeah, just uh, how it got started back in, uh, I think it was 2018 or so, I worked and previously worked with uh, popcorn in a family company called Black Jewel Popcorn, where we sell interesting little kernels like this one here. Hmm. <laughs> this is our baby black kernel. And my dad came to me um, after a few years of working with that with the idea of, what if that could be turned into a bourbon, uh, some, uh, unique craft bourbon. So I set out that summer with, uh, the goal of creating a bourbon and, but not really sure whether we would end up doing it or not. So ended up talking to some people. Um,
1: yeah, I think we thought originally maybe that might go in a file and uh, yeah. never be seen again, <laughs> uh, but, uh, go on.
2: But yeah, uh. Safe to say, it didn't end up in a file, um, but yeah, talked to uh, a lot of great people that summer. Uh, one of those being Bardstown Bourbon Company, uh, who s- took up the the task of seeing if that would actually make good bourbon or bourbon at all. Um, and so, as of two and a half years now, mm-hmm. been distilling with Bardstown Bourbon Company. This uh, this small here of corn along with a few others we have yeah
0: that, that is awesome to see i mean you know i'm going to talk a little bit more about kind of the, the bourbon side of things here and even the popcorn because that i'm everyone loves the good popcorn i feel like they go a little hand in hand in hand when you drink sometimes um how is it working together you know father son duo i mean um Family can be fun sometimes. Are you, you guys still seem to be smiling. So I'm guessing all is good and maybe that's just the bourbon. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've been
1: involved, uh, you know, in our businesses, we started out in the convenience store business and, uh, really it was, my dad was in the oil business. Uh, and, uh, Uh, I joined that and started a convenience store business along that with him. Uh, So we've had a long history of uh, family relationships and business. And so it's been uh, it was a pleasure working with my dad and Ricky had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with him. But a pleasure too to see that going on another generation. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it when when that can work and it does work there really isn't anything better. Right. And, uh, and so we've been, we've been lucky. We're fortunate, Uh, different personalities, different people, different takes on life. Right. But, uh, but really complimentary. Uh, And and I've never thought this before, but maybe kind of like our blended bourbons, right. Sometimes (laughs) a little bit of complimentary makes a better thing. The whole package is better than one alone. I like it. I like it.
2: Yeah. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been doing it, even though I've just out of college I've been working with my family since I was like 13 or so we started a little uh, we grew popcorn in our backyard and I sold uh, some of that along with other stuff we ended up having uh contract grown to local grocery stores with my dad so it's been uh, it's been a long time and it's been a lot of fun it's a it's a privilege to get to spend that much time in your family and not be working in Chicago four hours away
0: and see him a few times a year it's it's special Uh, and and ricky's mom is happy (laughs) that that is always a, a wise thing to have in life and you know, you, you kind of said it very, very uh, poetically there, you know, kind of, especially with one of the other blends that you guys will, will be talking about that, that older age statement, younger age statement, you blend them together and, and some good things can happen. You you, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, you have the other family business of, of the Black Jewel popcorn, I believe. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because obviously you guys are entrepreneurs, you guys are doing some cool things. And that, like you said, ties into what ended up um, getting into bourbon and, and what you're doing with some of the bourbon. Yeah, sure. Um, So Black
1: Jewel, as Ricky mentioned, you know, we started growing this, growing some unique popcorns, uh, which uh, he went out and sold at local stores, which led us to uh, acquiring Black Jewel popcorn maybe 10 years ago. Uh, And Black Jewels are really, uh, it focuses on really unique corns, really different corns. Uh, It owns that unique strain of of, uh, black corn, which is, you know, this little baby ear, gets like 50 bushels to an acre yield. Um, it's, uh, uh, super small, as you can tell, uh, it's, it's a unique corn with a different flavor in popcorn, right. And, uh, and it has some, uh, some attributes when you eat it, it pops up really small, uh, it doesn't get those big holes in your mouth. So, uh, you know, no, uh, you know, no stuff stuck in between your teeth. <laughs> and so people like that. Uh, so it's got a richer flavor than typical popcorn and it has that, uh, holist, uh, aspect. And so we, we do, we grow the black corn, but we also grow white corns, uh, red corns, blue corns. So we've got kind of a stable of corns that we work with. Um, and they each taste different, right, as you eat them as a popcorn. And that was really one of the fun things as we looked at this, uh, you know, in Ricky's project, you know, was... Uh, was based, really, I thought we were trying to just have a summer where we were saying, hey, how how would you build a business as a general thing, right? (laughs) And I really did at the end think it would be very unlikely that we would say, hey, this is an idea we'd pursue. Uh, But when we started playing with it, we really did say, would these these corns uh, express themselves differently in bourbon like they do in popcorn? uh and amazingly uh it didn't just turn into corn they each have their own each have their own thing but uh like jules uh, a a neat company that we uh we sell the popcorn in kernels uh microwave and pre-popped ready to eat in bags so uh it's been a lot of fun working with that too
0: yeah And, and ricky you know for for you i mean when you when your dad came to you kind of with just this curiosity was it Something that you you two were like, well, maybe, maybe not. Or was it something that you're like, no, I, I think there's something here. And, and is that kind of how the uh, the ball got rolling or, or how did that work?
2: Well, over that summer, it kind of grew into that. Um, it started, like my dad said, as just an idea with uh, us not being super convinced we were going to do it. But as it went on and people that we wanted to work with, like Bardstown Bourbon Company started gaining interest and thinking that it would be something cool. We 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 kind of got convinced that it was something that really could happen. And it was something we both really wanted to do and thought we would have a lot of
0: fun with, which we, we most definitely have. And, and what was that process like? I mean, because obviously, for some that are in the, in the bourbon world, they have heard of the different strains of corns to a degree. You know, there is some blue corn out there. So, mm-hmm. A lot, though, on a very small, small scale, um, but I'm maybe not all the other strands that you guys have. So was there some some work that had to be done that that you can talk about? I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but that you can talk about, you know, like when when, when that process kind of works, because obviously, like you guys said, they had to distill it and see if it did anything. And if it and if it even tasted good, so how was all that like?
2: Yeah, so the first corn that we distilled was this black corn, um, and really, um, what do we run? Uh, how many how many barrels did we run it 30, uh, Thirty barrels. Thirty barrels. Of a fermenter. fermenter. Yeah. yeah, one fermenter. Um, and we went in and tasted the the white dog with the people at BBC kind of got their take on it, our own take. Um, we all agreed that the white dog was pretty good. The, the data revealed that the, um, the yield from it was pretty good. Um, the yield to bourbon from the mash. Um, and so it just, um, we, I mean, we had to kind of do that same whole process with the rest of the corns, but after the black one worked, it gave us a bit more confidence in the others
0: but, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. willing to actually invest and in, 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 in see what's what's going to happen next yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah but in the, yeah in the black car we've
0: done
1: uh we're, we're just doing that in a wheat mash mm-hmm. um and so the others we've got a rye uh base to it but uh 70 18 12 yeah. is the uh is the mash bill 18 being uh wheat yeah but
2: i i will say to to answer your question Uh, More specifically, Bardstown Bourbon Company gave us the the luxury of being able to test it out and just running one fermenter. Um, I don't know if it it would have ended up the same if we had to do a 300 plus barrel run the first time. So uh, they've given us a lot of flexibility and been really helpful in that process.
1: Yeah. And Birdstone's helped a lot of folks, right? Birdstone Bourbon Company has been, you know, we, we just can't say enough about that team over there yeah. and the support they've given. It's awesome.
0: And, and, you know, for, for the name, the 15 stars, can you, you talk about that? Cause I know that has a little bit of history behind it and purpose too.
2: Yeah. So uh, 15 stars. Um, you may know Kentucky was the 15th state uh, and to honor that, in 1795, the second United States flag had both 15 stars and 15 stripes on it, so that was the, the second official U.S. flag and that lasted until 1818, Um, so 15 stars. Yeah. So <laughs> celebrating
1: Kentucky, right? I mean, Kentucky's the heart of bourbon. When we thought about doing, uh, you know, making these little uh, special coins into a bourbon, we never thought about any place other than Kentucky. And uh, you know, it. Uh, we really were just kind of scanning around, saying, "How could we? How could we tie this to Kentucky?" And you know, we saw it was a 15th state, and thought, "Is there any chance there was a 15 star flag?" and yeah it's the second flag 15 star and 15 stripes the only the only us flag with uh, other than 13 stripes and not only that but then you get to the early coinage it's amazing how look bourbon's america's native spirit right and uh kentucky and america and bourbon grew up together uh, when that 15 star flag when kentucky became a state and that 15 star flag uh you know, was uh became the official flag. George Washington is president of the US, right? And so it really is America's native spirit. And all of this did kind of come together. And and the first all the first US coinage had 15 stars on it, recognizing the 15 states at the time, including Kentucky, and lots of other things that we've been able to kind of dig up that uh yeah. that really established Kentucky as part of early America in a way that we didn't understand.
2: Yeah, we were really uh one thing we gravitated to um, was kind of the, the craftsmanship of early Kentucky as well. Um, there really, it wasn't uh, as, I don't wanna say primitive, but they're, it, they're not just exploring this new territory. They're really building communities and have artisans within these communities that are doing really cool things, uh, which is part of the reason we started up something we're calling the 15 Stars Collection. Um, which is an accumulation of antique artisan goods that were created in Kentucky or relate to bourbon uh, that were created around that the time the flag was uh, being used from 1795 to 1818.
0: I was going to say, I mean, this, I feel like this ties perfectly or blends, maybe to use a better word, blends perfectly yeah. uh, with your guys' love of history and, and kind of that those hobbies that you have of, of history farming. I mean, is this just like the perfect thing that you don't even consider work? <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, honestly, in a lot of days, there's
1: always something, right, that you... It's usually something you forgot to do that you needed to get yeah. done that you know creates a little sense of urgency that makes it a little bit of work. It's but, not uh, quite
2: all taste yeah, urban,
1: <laughs> but uh, but no, I, and honestly, uh, uh, I don't know if it was last night or the night before, but we really did. We just sat down and we just we made the comment, "Hey, how fortunate are we, right, to be working on something that's got as many good people around it uh, and is as fun as what we're doing, and and that we can really." Uh, again, bring out that uh, the richness of Kentucky history and that artisanship that uh, has gone on there for so long. And, you know, you're in the center of it right there in Lexington where you're at, right? What a, what, what a, just a little bit of history with an awesome, <laughs> you know,
0: awesome history. Uh, so we're just fortunate to be able to do it, to be honest, and we're having fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, your first two offerings, um, the first one is out as the, is the, the 14, which I got to try and I'm usually not a big, I'll be honest, I'm not usually a big fan of the older ones just because they get a little more oaky. That's not, I'm a fruit forward kind of guy, but this one, the blend is very nice on it because you don't get that over, overabundance of oaks. You get a lot of that subtle vanilla and just a, a very thoughtful flavor, I guess is a good way to put it. And then you also will have down the road here soon in the summer, the seven and 15 year combo. Can you talk a little bit about the the two initial offerings that you guys are are, are doing?
2: Yeah, so our our fourteen, you are right, and we agree with you completely. It's uh compared to other similarly aged bourbons, it, it maybe holds a bit lighter flavor. Not to say it doesn't carry some some stronger age characteristics, but uh, I'll say that the our that was kind of our plan all along. The it's it's a blend of a uh, fourteen and fifteen year old bourbons. And the, just kind of mixing those two, the 14 year carrying a few more fruity, maybe dark fruit notes, uh, and the 15 carrying some of that, uh, some of that oak with it, to take those and figure out what percentages complement each other the best. Um, and we did go through a lot, and that as well as um, we put a lot of emphasis on our proofing as well. Uh, I don't know if this has been coined by anybody else, but we've been calling it flavor proofing. <laughs> because if, if you haven't had the chance to try bourbon, the exact same bourbon at a bunch of different proofs, it really there is a, a big difference in flavor between those proofs. So to be able to take it, uh, let's say you do it at 115, 110, 105 and five proof increments and really dig down and figure out what you
0: like uh, can can produce a large benefit. And, and I was going to say, I mean, for, for, for y'all, I mean, the biggest question you're probably going to get at least at the start. Now, obviously, when you start bringing in some of those other heirloom varieties, things will change a little bit. But, you know, it is coming from Barstown. You, you guys are kind of at the moment sourcing just generally product that they've created, if I'm correct on that. Um, yeah. How does it or are or, you, or is that kind of so the, the product would have come from a broad area in Kentucky,
1: right? Okay. So, uh, so Bardstown bourbon companies, I think, uh, six years or so, uh, now. So, th- so these products have come from, yeah. uh, from around Kentucky and, uh, but yeah, we, you, you know, you, the, these are sourced products, right? Uh, we haven't been doing it for 14 or 15 years. <laughs> no, that's
0: the, that's the unfortunate side to, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to but, bourbon this uh, time. <laughs> but I tell
1: you, um, what we have really had, I'd say it's a luxury uh, that we've had. We've been able to source uh, quite a bit of great product, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and to taste... Uh, the different sources and understand the different mash bills from all the different sources and then have the opportunity to bring blending, which I think blending really is at the core of what we think we, you know, we will be doing long-term, and uh, and certainly with the source material, this blend of 14 and 15-year-old is, uh, you know, they're both great uh, products on their own, but what we've found, and there are some great products that just on their own, you know, are just absolutely fantastic. But there also is an opportunity here to take uh, a couple of really good things and bring them together and create a depth and complexity in the bourbon that just, it just isn't there on their own. And so we've really, you know, again, we've learned this, Uh, we spent a lot of time during the three years, you know, two and a half, three years we've been working on this project, um, you know, we've tasted a lot, we tried a lot, uh, we've had the luxury of that. And we really think we bring something special to the table with blending and those people who blend. Um, you know, there's, and that's a wonderful thing about Kentucky and bourbon, right? Is that there are a lot of different really great things and everybody can kind of have their niche. And it's really all good, you know, it's all good. But we found something that we, it really resonates with us and bringing those blends together in ways that uh, really add to the mix. Uh, getting the proof, uh, you know, to to flavors, to the proof flavor that we like, which yeah. typically for us is running right between that, what, a 100 and 110. You know, that's kind of a sweet spot for us where we think you've got, you know, enough in there to give it some punch and some richness. But, uh, but you know, the balance of the flavor still really comes through. So yeah. we're excited about the blending. And we don't think when we get into even our own We'll see what happens, right? When this little black corn hits six years old, we decide to say, "Okay,
2: we're ready." I would uh, say it's probably likely it you'll see it, blend. Yeah, it's likely you'll see it in an expression on its own, just because we're extremely interested in how that'll end up, and I, I think that other people probably will be as well. But also, it's likely that that will create some interesting flavors that we think would complement some of our
0: other stock really well. I was going to say the, the blend on the 14 year your, your age statement, which I mean, you got to put your, your youngest one on there, you know, in that 15 makes it makes it a very nice one, which like I said, normally I'm not a big fan of the older, older ones. Once you get up past a certain age, it's just not to, to for whatever reason, <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me and my taste buds, but this one did. And, and I think that goes back to what you're saying about how you're able to marry two things and and kind of bring elevate some flavors and elevate some, some different subtleties. And you talked about, you know, down the road, you're looking into the the red, white, blue, even the, uh, the, the black corn heirloom corn varieties. What's the goal there? Like, is it to let them stand on their own to blend them? Or is that still, we'll see how it all, all comes together as, as they age out.
2: Yeah. I think there's a, a lot to still be found out on our end with that. <laughs> uh, we're not, we don't want to, just decide at this point that we're doing one thing or another because the opposite might be the better option down the line. But uh, I don't think we're, I would say we're definitely going to produce it on its own just to give people a pure expression of the the corns. Um, and that's something the the red, white, and blue we've produced um, on their own in the same mash bill. So that'll be something interesting to take those age the same year and see what the corn as the the majority variable in there a large variable in there really does the to only the flavor. Variable. yeah i yeah. mean you might have them aged yeah. on different floors yeah. there's some slight things but yeah. the large variable being the the corn what what does yeah. that do to the long-term flavor yeah and i think people will like that i mean all of them
1: have been good we've been lucky um but really, the the fun part, when we get in front of somebody and we're able to take our samples and and walk through all those different corns, um, they're amazed like we were uh, how it's all you know it's all in the bourbon family for sure. But how the nuances of that really stand out.
0: I mean, it's not subtle, and even I mean, it comes out.
2: Yeah, even in the white dog. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
0: evident. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, that's like that is setting. You, if you had guys haven't got a tap room idea or a spot, to, an experience spot, that's like the perfect thing because you get to actually see the different. Yeah, you don't normally get to see something like that on on a scale that that you guys are going to be able to do. Yeah, of going, hey, this these were all done around the same time, at the same place, same mash bill, but one thing changed, and that was right. the type, and, and that's yeah. really cool to see because. I don't think people always understand how different something like that can, can change the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of variables that
2: go into bourbon and each of them can, can have a very large impact. Yeah. And we are distilling
1: traditional, uh, bourbon mash bills too, with yellow, you know, traditional, traditional corn. Uh, so we do, we will, we will have that part of our mix. And, and then, uh, the thing we just, uh, started up this spring, that's a little different is a, uh, barely legal rye. So uh, what's our match, Bill?
2: 51% rye, 44 corn, 5% malted barley.
1: Yeah, and the 44% corn is a blend of our black and white. We really like the differences that those two brought together. So, we, so it's a black and white corn, barely legal rye. Which might be the
2: first heirloom corn, barely legal rye. Or <laughs> heirloom corn rye for that instance. Most people who use these kind of corns are probably making bourbon, but...
0: I I like like it. That I'll I'll be interested to see see that. I've slowly but surely become a a rye lover um, over the the time of getting to do this. And I mean, is that just kind of just goes back to just, you know, you you mentioned it even at the beginning where you just like to get out, garden, farm, things like that. Being able to pull those different things and and just see see what what happens. Is that like one of the most fun things you guys get to do?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool everybody else is going to be on the journey with us just getting to try all these new things and explore kind of paths that other people i mean there are other heirloom corn bourbons but not not with all of these interesting colored corns. so getting to really explore and do something interesting is, is a privilege
1: yeah and with the red white and blue you know given the the 15 star flag right and the uh you know, tied to Kentucky and American and bourbon. We're we are distilling those together, and so we've created a ratio of those that we kind of think is optimal. We tried a couple around, but we think we've we think we've hit the one we like, and uh, so that'll be
2: kind of fun too. I'm going to have to throw that out on July 4th or something.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that kind of sets itself up with at least a few different days that you can do that. Yeah, now. exactly. I was going to say, I guess that, you know, to kind of to to wrap this up or get close to it, you know, where, where can folks find 15 stars, stars bourbon? And then I've got a little follow up after that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, right now, the 14 year old, uh, our only product available is in Kentucky only um, spread out throughout the state. So. Uh, wide distribution in Kentucky. Um, so for the, the next few months, that's, that's the only place it's going to be. But, uh, once we release, uh, some products we're planning on later this year, maybe November, uh, December ish, we will, we're looking to expand into Indiana and Tennessee as well.
1: And then how- we where could we be other than Kentucky for a 15 stars, right? I mean, we figured it's only it's only right to just have it exclusively in
0: Kentucky for a while. I I, I like that. And and two, it's hard to get up to the amount that you need to get a wide distribution. And Kentucky's a rather large geographic uh state as well and you know for for those wondering you say they get the the 14 they they love it is that going to be something they'll see consistently same with the 7 and 15 when it comes out or how are you guys going to kind of do your releases are they going to be somewhat consistent small batches or again is that kind of just as it goes so
2: we because we're we're having a lot of fun messing with our different stocks and creating new things where we're really kind of moving towards the batch um, way of releasing. I mean, the 14 year old, there's only 1,650 bottles um, and those uh, are dedicated to Kentucky as of now. Um, And yeah, uh, as of that, we got the seven and 15, a fairly limited release followed by more limited releases that are completely unique and different. So to answer your question, once the 14 is
0: gone, um don't expect to see it again <laughs> that is good to know because some people always enjoy uh, enjoy certain batches better than than others and they, they might want to know but i also love to see that because i think with what you're going for especially with kind of all the uniqueness that you're creating the batch style could be a lot of fun and, and i've seen it work very well with others and, you know castle and key has done a great job with their restoration rise um, doing, doing batches and you get to and again you get to see Different times of year, different things, uh, f- different flavor profiles come, come out and, 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 and shine. And I can't wait to see kind of what you guys do next and, and what you're able to release next. We're looking forward
1: to it. We're just planning, uh, you know, we're planning uh, uh, a little bottling uh, in June. And I think in there we will have a blend of 15, 9, and 7. And then we have some eight and 16 year old that we're finishing off in some different casts. So, so those will be coming out and we're still looking at kind of what that end of the year bottling is that Ricky's talking about. So it'll, it'll be fun. There'll be, I think you'll find uh, over time there, that our palettes, uh, you know, are going to have a bent to it. So while we're going to be blending some different things, there will be different
0: expressions. There's going to be a theme to it. They're not going to be all over the park. You know? <laughs> there will be some consistency. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I, I love that. If you want to find out more, 15stars.com. Uh, I highly recommend you giving the, uh the 14-year-old. If you can find it a try, it was very uh, good. I also like the, the proof point, 103 proof. Uh, like you said, that's a, that's a nice wheelhouse, a lot, a lot of flavor there. And, and, uh, Ricky and, and Rick, I appreciate y'all taking a little time to share your story and 15 stars bourbon with me for sure. Appreciate it very much. It was fun. Thank you.